Team GFP Radio had me, Kiermaier, on their podcast. And it was wonderful. It was glorious. It was the highlight of my podcast career. And I've been working on this for a while. I've been meeting Dave Lang at shows, giving him sloppy um, hand sanitizer handshakes, been constantly suggesting wrestling intros for him. Uh, when we were sharing uh, Mega Booth space, I think they were in the Mega Booth. It might not have been in the Mega Booth, but they're around us at PAX East. So, been meeting them, been chatting them up. Uh, ever since I saw them on uh, the Giant Bomb, I think it was GDC. I think it was like one of their GDC live shows where he was drunkenly yelling at Ed Boone. Um, thought, hey, that Lang Zone guy is kind of cool. So, actually, uh, had a great time on the podcast, like Daryl Windsor, I think it's Windsor, maybe Windsor, Daryl, cool guy as well, both, everybody's, everybody programmed at one point, so we get a little programming talking on the podcast, and, uh, this podcast, actually recently, because I'm not, I'm recording this later, months later, these intros are not done before. They're done after the fact. If you want up-to-date Team GFB podcasts, you go subscribe to the Team GFB radio podcast. But um, this podcast actually spawned one of the two times somebody recognized me or knew me from something I did. Um, Actually, three times. One time, it was at PAX, and the guy who made... um, Oh, what's the name of that game? Okay, I'm gonna need to look this up. Starseed Pilgrim. Starseed Pilgrim. That guy walked up. He's like, "Hey, I made Starseed Pilgrim." I said, "That's a great game." He said, "You're the question bus guy, aren't you?" And I said, "Yes." And then I think he walked away. I think that was at PAX East. Um, I was at the Maker Fair in Vancouver, and somebody said, "Hey, I saw you on TV," and. I did like a I did two episodes of a public access television show called Academia, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to post those here as well uh, in the Kier Here feed. Get the audio from that should work great. But somebody recognized me from that at the Maker Fair Vancouver. Which here's a pro tip: you don't go to the Maker Fair um, in general on the Sunday afternoon because there was a robot snake at one point. It's broken. This other walking robot couch, it's broken. Stuff breaks. So, I, I would say try maybe like mid-Saturday. If, if if it's a weekend maker fair, go then. Because then that gives them time in case they need to go buy like new legs for their robots. That They'll probably be able to do that by then. It should be, should be working. It'll be high traffic. But, I mean, you don't really have to wait in line to do things at a lot of maker fairs. So, but... Yeah, I got recognized there, and then I also met a guy named Alex, who is apparently this, like, g- giant bomb kind of inside job guy, and he uh, sent me a tweet saying, hey, are you going to be at PAX Prime? I want to meet you because of this podcast you did with uh, Team GFB Radio, and then I was talking with this guy named Alex, and he's like, oh, who, who are you? And I said, Kieran. He's like, oh, I'm the guy on Twitter. So, he knew me from this podcast, and it's probably been the most... I mean, all the podcasts I've been on, great podcast. 
But this one, I think, is a step up on the subscribers. Um, step up on the ad money. Uh, step up on the intro music. And... Yeah, I mean, this this podcast um, is episode 35 of Team GFB Radio. Enter the cure. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Team GFB Radio. It's the Echo in the Chambers edition. My name is Dave Lang. Immediately to my left is Daryl Wisner. Daryl, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing good. You were had a funny stare there. I, I took a what's going on there. With, with my week off yeah. on your solo cast. I forgot how to do the intro. I see. I forgot okay. I have to throw it to you like right. that. Okay. Um, sure. Yeah, that was rough. That was a rough open. Sorry, everyone. Um, and sorry, if you, I don't know if you can hear this, but there's a bit of an echo to the show this week, and we don't know why. No. Uh, we're not audio engineers. We have a new board. Uh, we've got a whole setup here because we are Skyping in friend of the show, Kier, yeah. of Darkest Dungeon fame. Um, I met Kier, as we talk about in the interview, what we talk about, I met at PAX Prime 2013, I guess it was. Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah, 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 and uh, talk about that and how it kind of got to know him a little bit over the years. Don't know Kier super well. I got to know him a lot today, though, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a fun interview. Yeah, uh, but Daryl, before we before we roll that interview, let's talk about the solo cast. Oh boy, that was pretty good. I bring that. I up. feel that was good. I, I mean, it was oh, good because okay. like you probably liked it because you didn't have to do anything. That's so definitely good. a tick in the four column. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I was, I was like I was surprised because uh, I when I think of Jeff, I think of someone. I think Jeff is pretty quiet. I think of Jeff as two things, quiet and angry. Well, And neither of those and are... And I see interesting, so there you go. <laughs> and I see nuanced and complex. <laughs> um, and so I was... Uh, I, like, I knew it would be good. I knew I didn't think it would suck or anything. But yeah. like, obviously, you know how to drive a show. You're a pro. You're uh, a pro's pro. You're in headlights. I don't uh, know. But yeah, that was a really super cool stuff. I, I liked it a lot. So if you guys missed last week's show, uh, I would highly recommend it. It was a good listen. Yeah, yeah. I, we only got through... I had like a whole list of stuff I wanted to go through with him, and I only got through half of it by the end of it. So I'm sure I'll be derelict in my duties again one day soon, and you can run it backwards. Like part two. Yeah. And plus, that's the first show with the new fire bumper. Fire. Yeah, you dropped that. I had no idea that was coming in. Fire All bumper. of a sudden, like, I fired up the episode to listen, and then it was like, what? is this the right thing? What's going on here? Slowly, slowly figuring out Machine Studio. We probably should have told people we were going to do that. I wonder if anyone was... Uh, you never know. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Some some things are best left. Yeah, like, like this isn't Team GFB Radio. Right. Ten seconds in, they right. delete the file. Right. So <laughs> I, we should probably expect more. I imagine Dave's probably going to be tinkering around with uh, it's a, yeah, like bumpers here and there. We'll, we'll hopefully with any luck, uh, I'll be swapping them in fast and frequent. Um, that, that's fun. Just goof around with that stupid stuff. Yeah. Um, so Daryl, I guess without further ado, should we do it? Let's get right into Cure. Let's do it. All right. Daryl, I'd like to welcome to the show, friend of the show, Kier. Yeah, friend of the show, Kier. Kier, how are you doing? Fantastic. Are you in lovely Van City right now? Yeah, I'm in the Couve right now. The Couve? The Couve. <laughs> Smart. Um, it's where I came in, and it's where I'm going to go out. How old are you? I never asked you that. As of this recording, 26. 26? That's pretty that's, good. That's a good year. You got the, you got the world by the, by the tail yeah. in 26. Yeah. And, and so, uh, in case you don't know Kier, you haven't heard the previous shows, Kier uh, works on a game called Darkest Dungeon. Is that correct, Kier? Yeah, Darkest Dungeon and on Steam now. 
It's well, it's early access now. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Like we don't want to sell. We don't access. want to sell people a finished game when it is in fact not finished. Seems pretty finished. <laughs> what all do you still have to do for it? Uh, we got to add two more dungeons. Um, like ten more bosses. How, how many people is, is it? You and some friends, or like, is it a studio? Like, what, what's your guys set up? Explain to the people at home. Um, so we have a core team of five. Um, me with the least amount of experience. Uh, the other guys all have ten years plus. Um, no, scratch really? making games. So, how'd you get them roped in? <laughs> I worked with uh, one of them before. Okay, a studio and, we will not name. Uh, no, I worked with Tyler before. Okay, cool. Um, uh, what did you guys work on before that? What, what I worked on a multiplayer dragon experience called Horde. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, oh, was it Hothead? No. What was the name of that no. studio? Big Sandwich Games. Big Sandwich Games. Classic name. That's a pretty good name. Classic name. It's no drink box. No. Uh, but it's, no. it is pretty, Big Sandwich is pretty solid. Um, it's mixed up with a lot of the other big games. All right, I'm sure. The uh, did you so like how how did this happen? Like how did you guys form this new cadre of talented people and make make your game? How did that happen? So Tyler Sigmund and Chris Barassa have been wanting to make this game for a while. So they both were at a point in their careers where they're like, "Let's go for it." Okay. So they started whipping up concepts and roping in people, and I got roped in in 2013 and. Did you know you were doing it, like, the first time you heard it, did you know you were doing it, or did you take some convincing? No, when I heard it, I was like, that's going to be big. Yeah. The, so you guys have been working at it for almost three years, or two, what, two and a half years, two years? I think they started, I think the first commit was in July. Okay. So you want to count it. So coming oh, up on two years. Wow. It's a long time. And you guys did the Kickstarter, right? Yeah. We did the Kickstarter last February. And did you did you guys think was that like part of the Kickstarter was around back then in 2013, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. was that part of the original plan is like get something under your belt and do a Kickstarter or did that just come up because things took longer than you thought they might? No, that was originally the plan. Cool. And I forget, what did you guys ask for? Uh, we asked for 60. And what did you get? 300 and something. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? So what's the, do you deal with the Kickstarter a lot or is that someone else in the studio? Uh, no, that was pretty much uh, Chris and Tyler full time for two months. Did it make them worse people dealing with the Kickstarter? They're different people. Different people. Because <laughs> I think that'd be the thing for me because like uh, every once in a while we get a hair up our ass, we get an idea or something. It's like, oh, shit, same problem. We don't have any money. I'm just like, kickstart it. I'm like, not in a billion years am I going to kickstart something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I would not, like, oh, this guy gave me a buck, and now he's ruining every day of my life because he gave me a dollar. No <laughs> thanks. Um, I'd rather not chase my dream than do a Kickstarter. Dave only wants to an answer to himself. That's it. That's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line. Yeah. 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 I don't even get that here. I get 120 <laughs> crybabies yelling at me all the time. And oh, I, the office is flooded. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, you know what I say? Get some fucking boots when the office floods. <laughs> Get some hip waders and go. It's not that Just tough. Just in with life jackets and water right. wings. All right, so Kickstarter. When did that When did that happen? That was about a year. That was before that PAX. That was February 2014. Yeah, so that was before PAX East in 2014. Uh, so you guys knew going into PAX East you had made it, right? Yeah, that, that made PAX East a lot easier. Yeah. The what did you what so what was the big change when you guys like asked for sixty and then you got three hundred? I mean, aside from all buying cars, of course. Um, what were the other big changes <laughs> for the game? Uh, it just let us put a better foot forward 
ultimately. Um, I think getting getting funded in a day (laughs) was more like after that. It was it was that's when it kind of set in, at least for me. Could you imagine if you're one of those that was like down to the wire, like what that would be like? Nail biter. Yeah, Yeah. that'd be awful. The um, remember? uh, Do you know Sean Allen Kier? Yeah. Sean Alexander Allen? Yeah, Sean Alexander Allen. Sorry. I was calling him Sean Allen for some reason because I'm a moron. Um, Sean Alexander Allen, yes. The, uh, so he had a, he had one Kickstarter he tried for Treachery and Beatdown City and it didn't go and he ran it back about two months later and was successful. But it was one of those like, I was flying down to Orlando and, uh, when I got on the plane, it was looking like it wasn't going to make it. And then two and a half hours later when the plane touches down, you know, naturally as one does, you fire up Twitter instantly. And it's like just love for torturing beat down the city, like just eked over at the last possible second. Nice, it's pretty crazy. I couldn't imagine what that would be like. I know he he was uh, really stressing that whole month, but it, I bet it felt pretty good when he crossed. So it was good that he was able to do it on the the second try. Yeah, if you try a third time, they actually they make you ask for a million dollars. That's what I heard. That's <laughs> like a bylaw of Kickstarter. It's one of the weird Max Temkin rule. He's like, no, we got to make it really hard on him for the third time. <laughs> Uh, okay, so you got some money. You're making the game. When did you guys know? So you had the initial idea. I guess, I guess I'll walk people through what is the game if they've never heard it. I can't believe they've never heard it if they're listening to this show. But uh, why don't you just humor me and tell people what the game's about? Uh, so Darkest Dungeon's a turn-based RPG that deals with the challenges of stress. So as you adventure through fighting all these horrible things, stress will take its toll on your heroes. And when they reach their limits, you'll find out whether they become a worse person or they'll rise to the occasion and become a better person under stress. And what, do, what like, these, these characters, the player roles, or are they just pre-made characters, or how does that work? So you manage a roster uh, very similar to a game like XCOM and that you're drafting heroes, upgrading them, taking them on missions, and uh, kind of bringing them back to town, upgrading them. And Is there, like, a hardcore mode like XCOM where once the hero's gone, they're gone forever? That's just the mode. That's just, that's it. (laughs) There's no other mode. Fuck yourself if your hero dies, in summary. Uh, that's, so yeah, it's really cool. It's got a cool aesthetic to it, too. Like, it's 2D. It's like the only, I think, the world's first side-scrolling RPG. I couldn't think of another one. I was thinking about this earlier today. You, I guess there's Phantom. There's, what's that saga? What's the, there was that Saturn game, right? That was kind of, but it was still an overmap. Uh, I always assume there's a Sega game that was the actual <laughs> smart, yeah, good policy, I guess in general. Um, what did, so? Yeah, when did you guys know um, that it was awesome and it was fun, and you thought people were going to love it? Like, when was the first time that kicked in? I mean, was it the Kickstarter that kind of affirmed that for you, or was it some? Was it before I, or after? When I first saw the trailer, I that was that was kind of the point where I thought people would be really excited for it. Um, as far as the actual game went, probably like a week before we shipped. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's always like that. I uh, I remember, yeah, that trailer was amazing. Like, I never heard of the game, didn't know anything about it, and I saw that trailer. And I'm like, yep, we're giving that Kickstarter. Yeah. That's the way that goes. Uh, it was just something about it. It was like, it was a weird. It was a mix of ideas I hadn't seen before. Like, the closest thing I could think of is like Baldur's Gate One, when like your party could. Like, the NPCs in the party could get snippy with each other. Yeah. Like, they had personalities and, like, you know, oh, the chaotic evil person doesn't like the lawful good person and they fight and they actually can, like, kill each other if they get no brawl. That's, like, the closest thing to remind me of it. I miss that kind of stuff. Like, I was the dork that always liked playing Doom just to get the monsters to fight each other, you know? <laughs> like, that was, like, my whole, like, I spent days in college doing that, right? And, uh, yeah, that game, like, all that stuff, like, it was a weird mix of stuff in one game I hadn't seen before. And it was instantly novel. 
and like the art style is really really cool. So uh, yeah, that was a great that was a great trailer. Um, when do you, what do you guys plans to finish up? So we're gonna have a few uh, content updates um, as big bunches, big bunches of content uh, before getting to our final release. Are you guys out on PS4 yet? No. Uh, that'll be after final release. Okay. What platforms are you guys doing totals? We're just... doing PS4 and Vita for sure. Vita will be amazing for that game. Vita will be so good for yeah. that game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How does the controls work on the Vita? Uh, that's We'll figure that out. Okay. <laughs> We've got to cross that bridge still. Yeah. I think it'll control like the controller support will for PC and PS4. Okay. Yeah. I've never tried that, so I couldn't speak to that. But um, Okay. I trust you will not screw it up. I don't know why I trust that. I barely know you, but I'm going to trust that anyway. Uh, hey, you know what? I just remember speaking of screwing things up. I never told the GDC story here we had. Yeah, you told that on the podcast. Did I tell I thought I didn't tell it. Yeah. Or did I, I tell it the did. week after? Oh, Yeah, I think you did. Well, we'll just edit that part out then. Let's put a little tick right there. We'll edit we that could, out. You can tell our uh, first meeting story. Do you remember when that was? First meeting was at PAX East, right? No. When was it? The previous PAX Prime. Pax Prime. I don't remember that. I was waiting in line for a You Don't Know Jack tournament. Okay. And then tried to pull a move I was not prepared for, which was the uh, hand sanitizer handshake. Oh, sure. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did I, did I give it to you for sanitizing right after we shook hands? No, I was trying to put the sanitizer on my hand, then shake your hand. Got it. That was the plan. And then did I give you the business for attempting such a maneuver? Yeah. Yeah, as I'm wont to do. I don't need much of a reason. Classic, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then and so I met you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even know you were what you were doing at that point. I was just there for fun. Yeah, and then I found out later you were the same dude. I think I backed Darkest Dungeon without knowing who you were, and I came and saw you at East. I'm like, holy shit, I recognize you. And, yeah, that's how that happened. That's crazy. That's cool. It's really, really weird. Um, it was a mistake, though. You agree in hindsight to sanitize and then shake my hand instantly? That was kind of like an oversight. You agree? I need to have the hand lathered. <laughs> and then, yeah. You that's con- really the way it needs to go. Do you consider yourself a you don't know Jack aficionado? aficionado? I've played every one of the matches as well as all the DLC. Do you know who, who helped bring that to life on this yeah, call? Yeah, you told me during that handshaking. Yeah. yeah. You made sure I knew. So I actually was- didn't do anything. I just, I just watched. I, but Daryl was the, Daryl, were you the lead on that or was that Dan Coleman? We didn't really have a lead. It's kind of a big glob of programmers yeah. just getting it done. Yeah. yeah. That was a fun project. That was a lot of fun. So there was a You Don't Know Jack tournament? Yeah, at, uh, at PAX. That seems weird to me because the questions well, are all the a, same. Yeah, you'd think, it would, you'd think if you played every episode, you'd just walk in there and win right. it, but no. Yeah, because, I mean, by the end of that game, we were just plowing through episodes. It's because it like... <laughs> PAX is filled with dirty casuals. Okay, okay. It's, that's why. I tried to make um, alliances during the tournament. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. How'd that go? And uh, didn't didn't go well. I can imagine. Uh, everyone thinks they're a genius, and then guess what? Yeah, well, I guess I should ask this first. How did you do in the tournament? Oh, I was out first round. What? Ooh. Yeah. How, how did that happen? I just didn't know episode 32 very well, apparently. <laughs> the buzzsaw, the Rookie trivia mistake. buzzsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was weird. I forgot all about that. That's that's the origin story. The shake, the handshake. Um, cool. Um, so you guys, do you guys have your next game figured out yet, or you guys- no, we we got too much of this game to figure out. <laughs> yeah. The are you guys like for the other? I know you, you know you've probably got a very strict regiment of um, 
marketing messaging you've got planned, so I'm not going to make you blow that up. I know how you indies are with your PR plans and your marketing plans. And But uh, what would you say, like, are the dungeons you still have to do, are they like kind of more of the same, or are there going to be major differences? Anything? Well, the one we're going to do is, uh, before launch, is the cove. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's that's a whole set of water enemies. Water enemies are fun. Yeah. What kind I'm of, really do, excited for that. Do you have, like do you have, did you have imps? Don't know yet. They, well, you should say no because they're not water enemies. Imps are not water enemies. That would be <laughs> stupid to do that. Do you have whales? Well, we, do you have whales? Don't know yet. I'll at least accept that. that you could have whales. You got me there. All right. <laughs> and then it, there's still the darkest dungeon to do, isn't there? Yeah, and the fun part about that is we're never going to say anything about it. Like It's completely media blackout on anything about nice. it. That's cool. That's cool. So, and we're gonna get real, for lack of a better term, fucky there. Nice. So, is it uh, Frog Fractions too? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Let me, I just, I just blow you up. I just, I figured uh, it out right here. Not done yet. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, I, what, I, go ahead. my pick for that is, um, I think it's that uh, that game that got banned off Steam and then came back. Well, there's been a lot of those lately. Which one are you? No, the 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 the. Mer- Murder spree. So. Oh, is the oh, is it hate? Hatred. Yeah, hatred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be that would be a dark turn for the Frog Fractions universe. <laughs> That'd be a new dark chapter. Um, what do you do on the team? Are you a programmer? What do you do? I'm a programmer. We have two of them. Two, and then you have so two programmers. How many artists? Uh, one artist who draws static images, and then the other artist animates everything with spine. Okay, and then another guy's like designer, face of the company, yeah. kind of thing. Well, the designer and the static artist for static artist is kind of a silly term, but they're the ones running running the show. How are they to work for? Are they big a holes? No one listens to this. You can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they're good. Well, do you guys like how how like walk me through your guys' process for deciding like what like anything in the game creative like Darkest Dungeon is it something everyone's in on? Is it something someone gets an idea for and they pitch to the group? Like, how does your creative process work? Uh, most most of the ideas come from uh, Chris and uh, Tyler, and then we just kind of shoot random feedback, which they're really good about. I remember there was one thing, and um, the initial image, one of the guys thought it looked a lot like boobs. <laughs> just something about the way it came out, sure. and that was, a, that was a good catch. That's funny. As it turns out, it was a spitting image of a breast. Yeah. <laughs> what engine do you guys use? It's a proprietary oh, is it? mashup of middleware and C++. Cool. What made you decide that for a game like Darkest Dungeon? Seems like that'd be like a hot banger for Unity and its great 2D prowess. Sure. Uh, it was a decision made before joining the project Got uh, it. by the first programmer. And uh, that being said, the C++ is what me and the other programmer know. Sure. So, And we work well in it. Is the uh, how hard? Have you even started the process of getting on PS4 yet? No, Sony's going to help us with that. Oh, the, is that Geo's group is going to find you somebody to do it. Yeah, you know who oh. you should use. I don't. Uh, who a plucky upstart in Chicago and Orlando, Iron Galaxy. Well, I've heard of them. <laughs> they they tend to do some work with Geo's group, and they they do really good ports. They're a little more expensive than some of the others, sure, but they've got you know what they've got here. Um, big heart. I got a big heart. Uh, so I, w- I would demand if I'm you, I'm say, listen, Sony, I know we did this deal, and I, I'm not trying to get all crafty at the last minute, but Iron Galaxy are bust for the port. Are you are you guys part of the like official 
Yeah, Sony. we're we're the we're the first. Actually. You're number one on the list. Yeah, we're the first. So if we don't get you, then we're getting. They actually, getting they, they never call, they never calls for this stuff because we're too expensive. <laughs> we uh, they tried to like we did the Borderlands Vita thing uh, yep. through them. And that was like the pilot program for it. And then uh, we got done with that, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you bid this thing for us?" And it was a project very similar to yours. Like, "Hey, it's on Steam. It's an indie game. Get it on PS4 and Vita." Yeah. We're like, "That'll be twelve billion dollars, please." And they're like, "Uh, no. How about, how about not? We just have it to these guys over here, and they get it done for a yeah. ham sandwich." Um, <laughs> but it works out. They did, all those games, like the Splunky version, is really good. Yeah. Those ports all turn out pretty good for the most part. So you must be doing yeah. something right. And also, it's a it's an area that we can get help with while still making the game. Do you know if uh, Broken Age went through the same process? Or did Double Fine do that themselves? I, would have, I don't know for sure. Mm. Which, uh, yeah, I'm just I, curious. I, I, should have, I, I mean, I know they did. I bet you they got some help with it, if I had to guess, just because they did so many platforms. Yeah. And, and Broken Age Act 1, they didn't do, you know. Right. Like they did mobile and, and PC or whatever. Right. So I bet they got help, but who knows. They're, they're a big enough studio where they could have done it internally if they wanted, I guess. Yeah, how, how, what's it? So, how much of the uh, business side of it are you exposed to? Like, do you know like how the Sony thing went down? Did they reach out to you? Did you guys find them? Like, how'd that work? I'm not sure. Yeah, um, that's as I, think, that's as I, I think, can't talk I about. I think it was a combination us. of. <laughs> I was definitely there when Sony people would come by the booth and go, "Somebody's talking to you, right?" And I go, "Yes." <laughs> Who's your favorite Sony executive? Adam Boys. That's the wrong answer. It's a hometown <laughs> answer. Yeah, oh, that's right. Are you are you anywhere near Abbotsford? No. Why do you laugh no, at Abbotsford? <laughs> oh shit, Abbotsford on blast! Wow, I, I, don't worry, I laugh too. Uh, so, are you guys like virtual office, or do you guys have a place? We recently moved out of our uh, previous office space, and uh, we're working from home right now, looking for offices. It's the so. best, isn't it? I really like it more than working one day a week at home. Like the all of the time at home, seems all or nothing. Yeah, it's better so mindset. Do you, well, I mean, is it just because you get more done? If you don't I think to... it's because I moved my better computer home. Oh, right. Mm. So I think it's just that. I just think shorter build times is enlightens my mood at home. Gotcha. The, so the uh, I mean, where are you guys looking? Are you guys looking at Burnaby? Where are you guys looking? We only need like seven desks. So, so you're thinking too small. You only need seven desks today. Well, we who's going to make Dark's Dungeon three through six? Mm-hmm. Well, when we're on the beach. Oh, smart! We don't need office space. Yeah, real smart. That's why that's why you're successful. Your game is successful, and mine is not. Good job. <laughs> Just thinking one step ahead about the beach. Gosh darn it! I screwed that part up. We could also work from the beach. Uh, that's a good idea too. I could do. I could phones work on the beach. That's pretty much all that's I do true. anyway. That's true. Daryl, could you work at the beach? I. You don't seem no, like a beach guy. I couldn't. Are you a beach guy? No, I'm, I'm more of a I'm more of a deep woods guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's. I also don't envision that either. Um, like, yeah, bust up firewood, or what do you like? What do you mean, deep woods guy? No, I'm more. Well, not not deep deep woods, but I'm more of a. I'm more of a woodsy lake area Got guy. Um, boy, did not see that coming. Uh, Kier, uh I don't fuck with lakes. <laughs> just oceans. Smart. Only oceans. oceans. Only. Yeah, smart. Uh, so did you guys take any time off yet, or have you guys just been going since 2013? We've, ta- I mean, people have had babies and and, and stuff, so, I mean, we've taken a little bit of time off, but not a really extended part because people need to be around to answer emails and make stuff. 
How stressful was it, like, prior to launch? Um, obviously, you had the successful Kickstarter, and that let you kind of get to early access and all that. But how how stressful was it deciding to go early access versus just waiting till you were done done? Like, was that, like, an easy decision for you guys, or is that something you had to think about a while? Uh, Well, we, we kind of needed to do it. So yeah, <laughs> it was happening whether you yeah. liked it or not. So we yeah. just tried to make the best thing we could and... Is that like is that just because of a byproduct of the way you guys work, or did you know even because like I think that's something about people that do kicks like fans of games that contribute to Kickstarters they don't get that that's how kind of games work sometimes is like you don't exactly know how much things are going to cost because you don't know how long it's going to take to make something fun or whatever. Like like we were mostly working off savings, right? So that that was kind of the main barometer of yeah, because it was a whole year before even the Kickstarter, right? Uh, well, from July, I guess. Oh yeah. So, um, different people in different situations, and I mean, events have to take into place of like when to launch early access, and right, right, right. Uh, that's cool. And also, the nice thing about early access is people can't really have a final judgment on it. Sure, sure. Like we can always fix things and make things better, which is what we're trying to do. And yeah, are you? Do you guys have any like backend telemetry data that you guys can feed off of for the early access stuff to like kind of help? Refine the game and yeah, yeah, we threw that in. Cool. The, it's there. I yeah, not sure how much it's being read. Definitely, <laughs> definitely was coded. Yeah. But um, did you guys have to do a green light or anything like that, or did you just like they Steam let you pass when they saw the Kickstarter? Because of our um, because of releasing Horde, Tyler had a Steam contact that okay got us past that. Um, that that was kind of the way we got in green green light's just the worst it's awful uh i I mean i get why it's there um it's the only really defense mechanism they have against just like bunches a bunch of crap going up there but man it's frustrating um did you guys put something on green light well we had to do it with with dive kick (laughs) we we were up there from we put it we put up the kickstarter like two days before pax east Mm -hmm. and then we didn't get through until August. So it was like six months of wow. just like watching paint wow. dry. And we knew we were going to make it. It's not like this thing where like we, every time is, yep, we get this many votes every day. Yeah. Every month they greenlight this many games. We know we're going to do it. But it got really, at the end, we had to hit up Valve because we we're like, hey, we're launching the PS3 and the Vita version on August 20th, no matter what. Uh, it'd be great if we could launch the Steam version then too. <laughs> and they're like looking at the numbers like, oh, uh, yeah, well, it looks like you guys are going to make it. It's like, that, that's not exactly enough information to plan on. <laughs> like, need a, Isn't it like a total number of votes? Yeah, so it used to be like they would do um, – it's not total number. Like there's not a fixed threshold, but it's it's like every month they would green light N titles, usually around 10. And it was just the top 10. And in some months, the top 10 would have 60,000 votes. In some months, they would have – like when we went through, I think we had 32,000 when we got greenlit. Um, I imagine over time that number has gone down as they've become more aggressive about greenlighting games. But yeah, the whole thing was just a mess. Just like the indeterminate nature of it. Like, because I guess we're, you know, a bigger studio. And so it just felt weird to us to like, this isn't how you launch games. <laughs> like, you don't just, you have to play at it. You have to make dates and you have to, you know, beat people until they make those dates. And that's the way <laughs> it works. Uh, it was really, really weird. But um, so, Kier, I'm going to ask you, let's do a little word association. You ready? Okay. Um, banana. Breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah. No, the next one is breakfast. 
Every day? Uh, night. Time. Vancouver. Home. Canada. Home. United States. Travel. <laughs> I was really hoping for something nasty there. That's too bad. Uh, and Kira, that was the Team GFB Radio Word Association Minute. Congratulations. You passed with flying colors. Sweet. Um, Sorry cool. it wasn't funnier. Well, you know, these things happen. It's it's a live show. Those are hard. You know, Daryl doesn't like Daryl Daryl hates that segment too. Yes, I do. Uh cool. It's a new segment. We did it once before, right? I think we did. I think we did it once, like two two or three shows ago. It's funny we haven't done it again. It was yeah, as popular our, then, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna keep going. You know me, I, I love beating things <laughs> to death. So it's gonna be fun. Um do you play a lot of games or are you super like just too busy with Oh uh, yeah, no, I'm I, yeah. What are you playing? Games. What are you playing right now? I'm trying to finish up this Bloodborne. Are you into all those games, like the Souls games and everything? Yeah, I mean, I played. I didn't play Demon Souls much, but I beat Dark Souls and Dark Souls Two, and want to be Bloodborne. Daryl, you play those at all? I haven't gotten into the Souls games. Like you, you tried and you haven't gotten into no, them, or no, you haven't tried I've never them. Started them up. I don't like them that much. What do you like about them, Kier? Everything feels like it matters mm. in a way that most RPGs don't. Just the stakes are really high all the time, kind of thing. Yeah, you find an item, you want to pick it up. Because it might be one of the thirteen weapons right. <laughs> in the case of Bloodborne. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're always starved for stuff, so you're always just trying to make it through. I also really like the combat. Like having different animations per weapon is uh, pretty cool. Sure. What, what's uh, what's your favorite game of all time? So I had to choose this for um, the website for Darkest Dungeon. Okay. I mean, it's a silly. It's like it's like what's your favorite album? It's it depends on some things. Um, but I said Burnout Paradise. That's an acceptable answer. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's probably on my top ten of all time. I played the shit out of that game. Yeah. Uh, did you yeah. ever do? Remember that? Cause that was the game where they they kept doing monthly DLC, and they launched that huge update like a year after the game was out. Did you ever play that? I never ever. Yeah, played with that. the bikes. Yeah, yeah. Was that good? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was more Burnout Paradise. So. I bought the whole thing on Steam. So I, I, I played it only on the 360 version. And then I never, you know, I basically had enough of it there and I never went back. But then I bought it on Steam when they had that big box. What they call it, the Paradise City big box or something. Bought for like, you know, pennies on the dollar like you do on Steam. I've been like, oh, one weekend I'll do this again. And that, that never happened. But I should fire that up and check that stuff out. Did they ever, I remember at one point, I used to listen to that Criterion podcast like religiously when they were doing Burnout. You talk about getting like a plane in there. Did they ever get the plane in? I don't think so. They got like a Back to the Future car in. That's pretty good. Ooh, and then like boy. a mini version of the Back to the Future car. What? Yeah, like little, like the mini ones were free. It was like EA's glorious like destruction of DLC. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> their systematic takedown. <laughs> yeah, they're like we'll just offer a bunch of stuff for free for this game everybody loves. Yeah. And then nobody bought the paid one. And what are the odds? Guys? Yeah. Like, I wonder if that's like part of the reason why there's never been another burnout game since then. If now they just do Need for Speed. If like, it's like there's some people at the studio that are like, we should do another burnout game. I love burnout. And they're like, it was a financial failure, guys. They're like, that's because you were idiots. You tried something stupid. They just get super mad about it. I bet they do another one eventually. Yeah. The time's well, right. they um, they announced Criterion's new game kind of at E3. They showed that video of people working at monitors and seeing like a dune buggy going off a cliff and stuff. Oh, really? I totally missed that. Oh. Which, and then I met some Criterion people at GDC, so that that studio totally still exists. 
for the former creators of Renderware. That's right. RIP Renderware. Good job, Criterion. Um, cool. Uh, well, Kira, I think that's an interview. I'm feeling pretty good about that. How are you feeling about it? Feeling good. You should feel better and good. You should feel great. That was a strong performance. It was. All right, thank you. I've interviewed... It was a bit on topic. Uh, oh, you, do you want to go a little off topic before we retire? Well, I, was a bit, I was a bit surprised. What do you think, what do you think of the Tots, Tottenham Hotspurs? What? What, what do you think of the, what do you think yeah. of the Tottenham Hotspurs? I don't know what that is. It's a premier, it's a premier league team. Yes. So you don't follow? That's not the Spurs I'm into. Oh, are you in the NBA? My... Are you in the NBA? Yeah. Who's your team? San Antonio Spurs. That's your team? How'd you get in the Spurs? I had Tim Duncan as my favorite player. And but, the Grizzlies were never good. So, so you weren't like a, you weren't wearing a big country Reeves jersey in high school? <laughs> no, I had one of the, I had one of the, um, the like no name ones. Oh, sure. The, the knockoff. The, yeah. uh, yeah, the Bulls kicked the shit out of the Cavaliers last night. I'm very excited oh, about that. That was glorious. The, I'm a little worried about it because they had to. Uh, sorry, everyone. This is the Team GFB Radio NBA Minute. I finally have someone to talk NBA with. We're, we're going to take advantage of it. Because uh, the Bulls played, with the exception of Joe Kim Noah, they played amazing, and they barely beat a uh, Cavalier team with two people out. So that <laughs> makes me pretty nervous. I don't know if they can do that three more times, but I guess we'll see. Well, also, like, Derek Rose, like, ran his shoulder into somebody. I think I saw today he's okay. Um, yeah, I, I would assume he's okay if it's his shoulder. Like, if it's his leg, yeah. it'd be a wrap. There's a – oh, man. So they, we have some uh, really, really – actually, one one of the guys has been on this podcast. Ramon has been on the podcast before. He's, like, world's biggest Bulls fan, the biggest Bulls fan I've ever met. And he loves Derrick Rose, loves that he's from Chicago and he plays for the Bulls. Yeah. And I troll him so hard with Derrick Rose. Like, I love Derrick Rose, too. And Ramon knows I love him. But Ramon is also very gullible. And he's easy to torture. <laughs> And so there was a it was a it was a game four against Milwaukee. Uh, Bulls were up three zero. They're trying to put the series away, and Milwaukee center I don't remember who it was some big seven foot mug. He's like I want to say Samuel Dallenbear. No, not Dallenbear. Um, huge European dude. Um, that doesn't matter for the story, but I guess he's right under the basket. He goes for a layup. Rose uh, blocks the layup like miraculously, like just climbs the ladder, blocks it. Ball bounces around, ends up in O.J. Mayo's hands. O.J. Mayo drains a three, and I immediately text Ramon. And this was – I got Ramon, like, shaking angry at me. He was quivering. He was so mad at me. <laughs> and I go, oh, you just can't do that. You can't make the block in that situation. It's like it's bad court awareness, bad basketball IQ. He's like, he's like what do you mean? Of course, he doesn't know it's going to go over that guy. He's going to drain a three. That was so good. Make him so mad. So oh, I it, thought you were gonna say like Bull just like Rose just tore his Achilles. No, I, that's my that's my go to. I actually don't like joking about that because I know one day I'm gonna be right. Yeah, and uh, I don't want that on my conscience. So I pretty much joke about everything but him getting injured. Uh, like the last game against the Bucks, they they beat the Bucks by like 50 points or whatever it was. Yeah. And Ramon, first thing I get into work next day, Ramon's like, what did you think of D. Rose last night? I'm like, yeah, he's pretty good in blowouts. Pretty good in blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, shut up. He gets so mad. It's uh, glorious. Uh, so Spurs are out, right? They just got knocked yes. out. So how, the, the Clips, Clips knocked him out, right? Yeah, it was a game seven. Probably one of the better games I've ever seen. Though they're messing up in Canada. What do you mean they're messing up? TSN is messing up. Like they cut off the end of the game? Or what do you mean? They're, how are they messing up? Uh, the Spurs game... They just messed up the TV guide. 
Oh, okay. So I ended oh. up t- taping like hockey, like with the PVR, like Dr- dreaded, hockey. dreaded hockey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yesterday they just cut the last quarter in oh, half. Oh wow! And decided sure. to show a documentary about sure. the Raptors. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't love a good Raptors documentary? Uh, the sorry, are you still like going to watch the playoffs now? Your team's out, or are you? Are yeah, you, yeah. I mean, I want to. I want to see how it ends. I'm gonna. I'm gonna root for the Bulls and smart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna root for. Um, I kind of want to root for the Clippers. My uh, my West Coast team is the Trailblazers. That's my alt team, and they're Thanks. out. They're out, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I guess now. I mean, how do you not root for Golden State? They're so fun to watch. Uh, I, you don't like what? Don't you like about them? I I just something about them. They're just so popular, and I feel like they're overrated. But well, they did have the best record in the NBA this year. So, yeah, I mean that kind of is the definition of being the best. <laughs> I mean, not to not to get too fine a point on it, but uh, you know, I'll give it to you. I, I can see you're someone who roots for the underdog, and I respect it. Um, P.S. I don't respect it, <laughs> but I appreciate it. P.S. Don't appreciate it either. Oh boy, Daryl, what do you think about the NBA? I can tell you're super into this conversation. Yeah, I love it. When's the last time you watched it. a what basketball are talking game? About? When's the last time you watched a basketball game? Oh, man. Uh, like, probably the other day when I turned around, I saw Ramon streaming a basketball game. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's, I'm not talking about the like, act of photons hitting your eyes. So it's like, you sat <laughs> that's down. That's what you asked. When, you, when, like, when was the time you were excited to watch a basketball game? Oh, geez. Ever? Yeah. more. Yeah. Uh, probably 20 years ago, back when. Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Jordan Pippen days. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. Um, God, like, uh, you doing any other sports here? Or just hoops? Nah, just just basketball. Do you play? Yeah. What do you still play, or did you play? Yeah, any? I play. I play at the the Kitts Beach Court, the outside court in the summer. Are you so like? What, describe your game to me. Are you a three, a four? What were you? You know, you're not you're not a small person. No. Um, well, what happened was like I, I was a little bit bigger as a kid, and then everybody caught up to me height wise. Is that including the fro? The fro was like somebody saw a photo of me in like grade three because they have like in my elementary school they had like photos of the whole school and they're like whoa you could grow a fro you should do that <laughs> so um, yeah. yeah I did that and uh, did you ever see Fletch no is so that Fletch, any Fletch, movie Fletch is a Chevy Chase vehicle uh, and he's got he's basically he's a huge Lakers fan mm-hmm. and he's got a dream of being on the Lakers. And uh, the radio announcer, when they introduce Fletch into the game, it's like, oh, Fletch, he's an amazing player. He's 6'6", six, 6'9", six, six, with the fro. With the fro. Yeah. <laughs> Classic fro humor. Um, <laughs> no, but so so I mean, what's your game? Is outside, inside? What are you doing? It's this weird mashup of post up the little guys and – Oh, take the big guys out. So you're sw- you get a little swing? Yeah, it's, it's pretty – I swing with who my team is because I don't know who I'm getting, right? Uh, I th- who do you think would win in a game of 21, me, and, me or you? Me. You think so? Yeah. I'm a lot bigger than you, though. Well, are we playing, like, American 21 or regular? <laughs> well, I think, Amer- first of all, sir, American 21 is regular 21. What really? Is, what is Canadian 21? Well, no, it's it's kind of like bacon. Like, American 21 is you dribble around. Like, it's live. <laughs> yes. What is your what is it your twenty one? Oh, regular twenty one in Canada is just static shots. That's horse. We call that horse here. So I, I well, you don't call him the shots. Wherever you get the rebounds, where you take the shot. Okay, yeah, that sounds like communist. Daryl's about to Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta stop this right here because Dave, I don't know the last time you've actually tried to like impose this question on someone and had actually took it up on do you remember this? Yes, I remember. Do you remember where I'm going with this? Yes, I remember. Back at Midway, 
uh, there was <clears throat> a programmer who worked there, Philip Kristevsky, and uh, <laughs> the Croatian sensation, we like to call him. And you did this bit to him. I did this bit to you him. You did this exact bit to him. Yeah. and said, who's going to win, me or you? And he's like, me any day, baby, any yeah. day. And then you being the one who's never going to back down. Sure. Right? And you just you got to go through with the bit. And, oh, my gosh. <laughs> For the longest time, you kept coming up with excuses of why you couldn't play. Right. Oh, oh, I just twisted my ankle or something. Got to work late tonight, guys. Right, Sorry. Right. So finally, no more excuses could happen. <laughs> Finally, it was good. We had a basketball court in the back at Midway. Thank God for like, that. I think I think I stalled so long. They that was when they put the court in the <laughs> yeah. back. Like, like yeah. it didn't exist when I started stalling. Yeah. They're like, "What's your excuse yeah. now?" There is a court in yeah. back, and Philly was not going to let it down. He's like, yeah. "We are going to go. You and me are going <laughs> to go." Because you kept talking it up, and oh man. So we went out there, and it drew a crowd. It was just like, "All right, Dave's going against you, Philly." <laughs> It was the funniest thing I ever saw. It was pretty bad. Oh, you, oh yeah. I yeah. was I was outmatched. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Before he even set foot on the court, yes. Yeah, it was not good. Um, I'm, just let's say there was no part of my game that was functioning properly that day. And Philly, as it turns out, could ball a little bit. So it's probably a long game too, right? No, it was quick. No, it was, it was pretty. pretty quick. It was mercifully, it was fast. That's the yeah, one wow. thing they had going for it. And, uh, so, do you have to get to twenty-one? So we didn't play twenty. I think me and him just did a one-on-one uh, by ones to eleven. Got to win no. by two. Uh, but but I, I prefer twenty-one in my in my older years because I get a little break at the free throw line when I inevitably score. I think you, know? you might have conceded early. Actually, I think you might have. I think I did. You called mercy yeah. on that one. And <laughs> there's that time I was crashed into the standard. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> I think someone's got videos from their uh, pictures from that still. Oh, that's bad. Um, so yeah, but I'm still going to take you to the the house. I think right. that's what they say. Here is that what they say in the park still. Last time I was at the park, there was this drunk guy just uh, commenting okay. while we were while we were playing. Like he was just shouting stuff nice. for both both teams. <laughs> and we, the funniest thing awesome. he said was, "Don't be a hobbit." Pass the ball. It's <laughs> <laughs> words to live by. That's pretty good. The uh, what's the? How, I mean, how many days a week do you play? Uh, well, once it gets sunny, I try and go out like two, three. Wow, that's impressive. But Is I'm it, like ten minutes from the court, walking. So yeah. Do you are you like a super into fitness, or is that the only thing you do? No, it's the only thing I do. Hibernate in the winter. Smart. Go running with the girlfriend. Is that is the girlfriend? Is that the one I met at PAX? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that the one that like took off the plague doctor mask and went. It's Dave Lang. Yeah, that freaked me out. That was weird. It's like one. It's like didn't. Yeah, I'm not still not used to that. And uh, especially then at PAX, you never expect it. Right? I guess this is sexist, but you never expect it from the ladies. You know, I never expect any lady to interact with me at any point in time. Period. Sure. And then when one does it in a favorable manner, I'm never prepared. It's like, oh, well, here's a, yeah, well, anyway, uh, this is a cool mask. I need to shove it up my face. Yeah, I said that selfie. <laughs> yeah. That was a good gimmick you guys came up with. Was that, who, whose idea was that? that? I think that was one of those like, hey, we're making a bunch of masks. And then somebody went, we should make that a hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, I what hashtagged was, it. What was it was game? basically, so you know the, I don't know if you're super familiar with the game, but there's a the character that's like super long pointy nose. Is it a yeah. nose, Kier? Yeah, it's the what plague is doctor is the character. Yeah, the plague, plague doctor's mask. It's where they keep their herbs. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, survive yeah. So it's like plague. in their face. It's over. Yeah. The, it's like a cone. Yeah. And they they had those there, and then you oh cool you, you get one, but then they wanted you to take a selfie and hashtag it with uh, darkest dungeon or whatever. Okay, cool. 
And it was cool. It, the, the, uh, how, how do you feel about so? What, that was was that Mega Booth or no? Or was that your own thing? Yeah, that was the Mega Booth. How's your experience in the Mega Booth? Uh, fantastic. Like it's really cool that they do that. And uh, we got a little bit luckier at PAX Prime than PAX East because we got just like a free TV or oh, something. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was like, we got this extra TV. Anybody want it? And we're like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. As it turns um, out, yeah. Are you guys uh, doing shows for the game still or are you guys done doing shows? Yeah, we, we did um we did South by Southwest instead of PAX East. Hmm. How'd that go? Uh, it was good. We were nominated for like a fan choice award. Okay. And there was voting at the convention. Okay. So we had to push the votes a little bit. Sure. I mean, how did push them enough? How did you rig it? How did you attempt to rig it? Uh, We just constantly said, hey, you like the game? You should go vote. Oh, you bought the game? You should go vote. That's pretty much it. Got it. Um, So we lost to a a cool game called Speedrunners. I saw Speedrunners is cool. I mean, if you ask me, it's no Darkest Dungeon, but I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. And and because it's a physical vote, I mean, proximity to the. Not going to make excuses. Yeah, I was going to say, is that what you put in your pillow at night? Like, oh, Speedrunners is right next to the voting booth, man. Collusion. <laughs> it's horseshit. Uh, cool. It was really cool. Uh, we had a really funny uh, business guy come to the booth in, like, um, in a business suit. Like, an, like an everyday like kind of salesman kind of suit. This is, at, this is at South By? At South By Southwest. Because okay. it's open to the public. There's no admission. Right, right. To the gaming section. And he walks up and starts talking to Chris. And he says, oh, I work for this product placement company, in which I immediately start trying to hold it in a shit-eating grin. Right. Because uh, right. that's what you want to do when you think Darkest Dungeon, is you want to integrate some brands into Darkest Dungeon, right? Yeah, so, which I'm like, hey, this guy works for, like, leather mask company that makes production <laughs> masks. <laughs> we could have a discussion. Yeah. Um, but what, he's, what he says is, oh... You'll have a confirmed dialogue with a yes and no, but instead of a no, we'll put a Gatorade bottle. <laughs> Why Gatorade? We didn't really continue wow. talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like that was his pitch pretty much within like 10 seconds of introducing himself. There was a company here in Chicago. I forget what they were called, but they tried to get – it was kind of neat. It was like the only pitch I've ever heard for advertising and gaming that I've ever liked. Um, basically what they do is they would – they were they had this middleware they were cooking up, and it just delivers ads like everything else. But instead of like, they were gonna have like a specialized like like their stick was like no, but we know games, mm-hmm. and so like they would only have like uh, yeah, this is a bad example since you said Gatorade like oh so like if you're playing NBA 2K maybe uh, instead of Gatorade bottles Powerade could buy the bottles or something. Right, and then you can serve those up in the back end or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting idea. It's like, oh, that would be like very unobtrusive way to do it. It's like not like, hey, look at this. This is advertising. Um, they ended up not going anywhere with it, unfortunately. But I, I thought that was at least a neat pitch. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get why you'd want your brand associated with no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also, it just being a Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Like that's not. It's not like this hunger event brought to you by like. Hungry man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to eat while yeah. you're in the dungeon? It wasn't. It was just like instead of a no button, it'd be yeah. a Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Uh, Kier, unless you got any questions for us, you got anything for us? You want to call that interview? I got some questions. Lay it on us. Yeah. Team GFB Radio is here to answer. What do you uh, lovely programmers do for programming tests in um, at Iron Galaxy? I'll, I'll let the programmer answer. Uh, we have a series of 
we do I haven't been involved in the whiteboard test anymore. I don't know what the whiteboard test does, but we have a we we do have a few whiteboard tests that go through. Um just some like logic puzzles and then also some uh um just working through some equations and things like that. But then we also do uh we do a hands-on keyboard test, which I'm a big fan of. That I don't like test. the way you're explaining. Ooh. I don't like the way you're explaining this. I'm going to start Why? I'm going to set the table for you. Why? Cuz you're you're not doing it justice. Oh, it's rigorous. All right, so what we do is one thing I hated about interviews when I was still doing them slash like accepting them or whatever is like you have six programmers do an interview and they might all ask like the same bullshit like C++ questions or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't do that. So we give like, – we have an interview loop that's six-hour-long interviews each and each one is like you are tasked with finding out one thing about this person. Like the first one is usually C++. The second one is – the hands-on keyboard where we test their debugging, right? The third is just general problem solving. The fourth is their math. And so they're very specialized. We have like six very specialized tests we give. And by the end of it, we know, you know, how deep they are down each of those categories. But anyway, Daryl, go ahead. You forgot the most important one, which is the lunch. The lunch is super important. Yeah. That's the, we call that the are you a normal human test. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a binary test. It is a, lot of people, a lot of people fail that one. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. Uh, can you conduct yourself like a normal fucking human being over lunch? <laughs> what do you order at lunch? It tells a lot about you. Yeah, like and it, if, like you can if you can eat lunch while I'm making fun of you for an hour and you can hold it together, <laughs> like you pass. That's yeah. basically, basically the test. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you guys do? Do you guys just start interview people now? Is yeah, I mean, yeah, we we have just started um, possibly looking for contract programming help. I, I made um, kind of an open ended project to send people to assess their C plus plus skills. Got it. Because everybody uses Unity now, so it's kind of right. You got to check them. Yeah, yeah. The I, I think the, the interesting thing about the way I think about interviews are. Uh, it, it's like a, basically a design problem, right? Like you want to find out exactly what you want to find about someone in as few questions and as little time as possible. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that's your stated goal, and I think that's a good stated goal for an interview. Um, it, it comes into iterating on the questions you ask and finding out the ones that you don't need to ask anymore because they don't actually tell you any additional information. And uh, I think coming with interviews is actually super fun and interesting. Because uh, it's a really, it's actually a super hard problem, but it's one you can really iterate on and get better at until, until you end up with like, yes, this is the set of questions I, they're the only questions I actually care about as an employer. Um, it's pretty neat. But so there's one. What else you got for us? As far as questions, yes. This is more advice. Okay, just get tidbits, oh. man. Came just to the get right them place. tidbits. Don't get full donuts at Tim Hortons. Gotcha. I I went to Tim Hortons. I was up in Van City right before GDC. And I ate at Tim Hortons for breakfast. Oh man, was that disappointing? Yeah, just get the donut holes. I mean, like, do you guys have like proper bakeries up there? We talked about this on one show yeah. too, didn't we? Yeah, we got plenty. I couldn't find one. I was like stomping. I was in Yale Town, and I basically walked around uh, like a three block by three block area. I walked like the whole grid. Not a bakery to be seen. Mm-hmm. Ended up at Tim Hortons. I was very disappointed. Well, Yale Town's kind of a fan. It's it's weird. It's like fancy, but not really to walk around. Yeah, I, really, I like Yale Town a lot. I think like that's it. Kind of reminds me if I had to pick like a place in the states, it reminds me of like closest to Austin. I would say, um, not it's not a one to one mapping by any stretch, but felt kind of like a younger audience or younger crowd. Lots of restaurants, lots of bars. Uh, it's kind of yeah, had a good vibe going to it. But I like it a lot. But so, Kira, I got a question for you actually. Yeah. Where is the best place in Vancouver to get poutine? 
Uh, there's a place on Commercial Drive um, that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> it's something French, I believe. What what are you, what are your characters? It's it's like a big. Is it French or Quebecois? Big difference. Let me, let me look it up. I, I last I mean, time I was I need, a, I need a good poutine. I, I've never. I've only had poutine here. I've never had it there. Yeah. I've had poutine at Goose Island here. Have you had the, the Poose Island? No. no. The Poose Island. Ew. The poutine at Goose Island. It's amazing. Is it? It's really, really good. Yeah. Because I think for me, what I want in a poutine is I want big, fat, crisp peas. Peas what? in the yeah. Peas. Peas in the gravy. I don't. Think and they just you pop in that. your mouth and oh, it's delicious. It's amazing. So the place is called Belgian Fries. Belgian Fries. Oh. What, what's what's the characteristic of a good poutine for you? Because I know there's a bunch of different styles to it. I I can't really. I'm not going to say I'm a poutine expert because that's really a French-Canadian thing. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like okay, well, what the do you, East Coast guys talking about sushi or something or the West Coast guys talking about pizza. Gotcha. Fair enough. I'll accept it. Um, oh, man, I spit over the table again. I've got this weird thing where like every 20th word erupts in spittle for me now. It's very awkward. It's not you good. don't have the spit guards? No, it's not a good look. I should get some. I should just walk around with like a something <laughs> mounted on my mullet all day long. It'd be amazing. Um, what is that? It's my spit guard. It's, it's for your benefit, right. sir. Trust me. Everything's yeah. a salad bar to me. Every hourly, I got to go drain it. <laughs> so I got water welling up in there. Just go <laughs> open it up and just blow it out. Yeah. <laughs> or just go apply a snorkel. And I could just, just expel it through the snorkel. <laughs> That'd be sexy. Yeah, sexy time. Um, cool. Uh, do you have any other advice you need here? Well, a young man starting getting getting up at a new studio, you get off to get your first good title under the belt. What do you need to pick? The we're, we're industry experts. Oh, whoa, whoa! Yeah. I, I, I don't know the first good title. <laughs> for no, for the new studio. Oh, oh! Any advice needed? Yeah. Um, we want to kill it at Pax Prime. Do you have any ideas? How do you mean kill it? Like, what do you? What are your goals? We're gonna kill it. So, oh, um, I well, I, I so you know, it worked out for Dave was having a giant cardboard head of himself. That was pretty good. Booth. Uh, here's what I would do if I'm looking to kill it, make a splash at Pax Prime. Are you guys doing indie booth again, or are you a mega booth? Or no, you doing your, so what, yes. probably not. So, uh, first of all, good luck getting booth space. Yeah, I know that's that's <laughs> for openers. Um, if you still, let's assume you get it, you want to make buttons. You want to make buttons, lots of buttons. Because there will people that will come, like, you know, like yeah. you'll see shirts and shirts just covered in buttons. Mm-hmm. People will come by, and if you if you have different buttons on every day, mm-hmm. they will come by the booth every single day for button. It doesn't even matter if they don't play the game, because I think a big thing for PAX or for any show is it's more important to look crowded than to be busy. Because, like, if people see a lot of people in your booth, they instinctively like, oh, that must be good. Yeah. I'm going to go check it out. And so have a reason to people keep coming. And that's so you basically trick people and that's how you kill it. Yeah, we we had that at um at South by Southwest. Have you heard of the game called uh, Sound Self? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robin Arnett. So that game. had like a tent. Yeah. And they had this huge line. Yep. And I'd go and it would go almost into our booth. Yeah. Which was like two booths away. And I would ask, like, do you know what you're in line for? And they're like, No idea. No yeah. idea. Yeah. It's the way it works, man. It's like we're it's, oh smoke there's fire. It's just like the mob mentality. It's it's magic. <laughs> um so yeah, anything you can do to get people coming back to your booth early and often. Uh, this doesn't really work for your game, but another thing I found out is uh, if, if you do something like this in the future, is people want to play the dev in the game. Mm-hmm. Like they want 
So, like, they want to beat you at your own game. That's a big draw. Um, giveaways aren't so much of a good thing. Like, oh, I'm going to give away codes or whatever. It's not a super big deal. Um, oh, you know what I would try to do? Who's who, like, I, you, got, I, you have, like, tons of Let's Plays for your game, right? Yeah. You should get, you should have, invite one of the Let's Play guys to come do a Let's Play from your booth. Oh, like live. Yeah, and then all the fans of that guy, and he'll he'll talk about it, yeah. right? And he'll give you free yeah. advertising. And then a lot of the fans of that person will show up and just hang out at your booth and make it look super crowded. It'll be an event. That's what I would Sounds do. Sounds good. How's that for – that's a pretty good idea pretty for good. five minutes in. Pretty yeah, good. I mean, we did the buttons at PAX East, and it's always been crowded. Yeah. So. Boom, just like that. I'm innovating in marketing. I should, get, I should get an award. Do you, do you put the name of the game on the front of the button? Uh, I don't think you have to. I think if it's a game no one knows about yet, you absolutely should. Um, I think you have enough iconic kind of imagery in your game where people would know that's a Darkest Dungeon button for the most part. Yeah, make it a collectible, right? Like the, yeah. the faces of all the character types, the archetypes and stuff. Yeah, like you want to collect the whole party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I would do. Um, we've done it both ways. Like we've done... Like the sometimes we've done good ones, sometimes we've done bad ones. Like the ones we did for Reketeer were kind of dumb because like no one knew what Reketeer was, and still most people don't know what Reketeer is. Nope. Uh, shame. But the buttons That's are good. super clutch now, good because of that. Connect game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and dive, I think Dive Kick. We did a better job with the buttons on Dive Kick. Um, and uh, yeah, we still haven't made our ones for Capsule Force or Video Ball or any of those yet. Gun Sport. We got we to get that going for for Prime, but. Um, yeah, button game. You need strong button game at PAX. That's for show. For show. Have you tried to get into Penny Arcade? I have not. They did that with KI. Mm-hmm. Um, and just hearing the stories, uh, that sounded like an ordeal. Mm. Uh, just hearing the Microsoft people talk about it. And so it kind of scared me off of it. But I, I don't know too much about it. Are you going to go for it? I, I mean, I, that's you want to do pins. That seems like the way to do it. That is, yeah, I mean, they're super successful, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, there's, yeah, it's not a question of will you be successful. It's more just like, oh, these pins will also cost a lot more to make. Sure. You know? like I think they have to be for sale. Yeah, they have to be for sale. But also, like, just, I mean, but then you need to, instead of, like, having, like, $5,000 in pin inventory, you've got, they they give away for free or whatever it is. You've got $50,000 in pin inventory because they're so expensive to make because they're super nice pins. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And you got to lay that money out. Um, Yeah, so I I don't know. but yeah, people go nuts for that stuff. That's for sure. Um, it was even hard for us to get the KI ones. They had those stick fight sticks, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard for us to get. We we managed to get like five of them, I think. But yeah, it was hard. It was cool. So, so you guys are doing your own booth. So you guys are gonna have to make your own stuff for the uh, booth, or is it just gonna be? Table yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know the um, specifics. Or possibly looking into splitting booth space or stuff like that, but. Um, It'll be like our own booth. I mean, we have like the standees, and we'll buy a TV in Seattle, and do all that stuff. So, what amateur hour here? Yeah. Amateur hour. You know, you know how you do a booth, right? You pay union guys like a billion dollars to set up like really bad booths for you. <laughs> That's the way you got to do it. Wait, what? Yeah, like you got to waste money on the, on union guys. Don't okay. do it yourself. Sure. Don't be smart. Burn the, money. Uh, burn money on union people. <laughs> Booth pro tip, if you're going to PAX and buying a TV and a thing for the TV to sit on, garage shelving at Walmart. Is the, yeah, yeah the, the Cappy guys, uh, at every single show, they go to Target and they buy like these little Ottomans. 
Yeah. And they buy these little like like bookshelves or like, you know, Kirsan's this little thing. They get TVs and then they just leave it all at the show. Really? Like, this is shitty furniture. Yeah. It's like it'll literally stay together for three days of show wear and then you don't want it anymore anyway. Wow. And that's how they rolled every single show. They and just it, walk away from the booth with it still in there. And yep. like, that's someone else's problem now. Yep. And it's really cool, too, because it's like it's it makes it seem like it seems nice. <laughs> sure. It's like it feels like it's like, oh, they've set up like a virtual living room. And right. it's, you know, so it's it's a huh. I guess that happens when you have uh, Nathan Vela's sense of style and flair. You, you just kind of get wins like that for free. Interesting. But um, yeah, do you know those guys at all? The Cappy guys? Here? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've met them at, at different different times yeah nathan's rad i uh he's one of the people the he's like he has no uh ego like he will help anyone and everyone like if you're just getting started or you you're been doing as long as he has like pick up the phone call nathan he will talk to you for an hour about whatever problem you're facing he's a super super good dude love that dude um yeah enough canadian well he's the t dot right he's t dot yeah did you get along with the t dot yeah, I, we pretty much get along with everybody. I mean, everybody's super nice. Van City. We're we're Halifax crew up down in Chicago. Me and Daryl are Hall- rocking team Halifax. That's right. Because right. you guys didn't you guys didn't open a studio there. No, we didn't. But we no. I like lobster. We didn't. I hated that thing trying to get people to move to Halifax. I hated that video so much. <laughs> so offensive. <laughs> so offensive. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you heard, but it's it's Canada's national university or something like that. University capital yeah. of, of Canada. I don't know if you got the memo here. How, Nova Scotia is legit. What does that mean? It means there's 13 universities in Nova Scotia. At least there were at the time of the filming of that video. Yeah, I could stats for days on that video. I got them. Why? Huh. I guess for employment. But I was going to say, like, why a quantity of universities yeah. doesn't necessarily seem to be. Yeah, like what think, you're looking for usually. But again, if you know, you got to work with what you got, right? Like if you're if you're in Nova Scotia and you're trying to cook up just a video just to steal every Canadian developer, Canadian and UK developer to come to your fine province, you gotta you gotta work with what you got. So yeah, the, the line I hated was the like most single women per capita. <laughs> yeah, Canada. that was pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I was just yeah shaking my head. Yeah, that was like shortly after like she flashed the camera with her open jacket, right? Shortly after she's on the pier and like they keep Probably zooming in on her, there. they yeah. keep zooming in on her chest, like yeah. like smash cutting to her chest. Yeah, that, was bad. <laughs> that video was amazing. Yeah. It was so bad. Oh god, I loved it though. It you guys a, should do one for Chicago. So smart. Get like Josh Sway from Robomoto. <laughs> get Sean Hemrick another realm. It was just it's also just like we have a cage match. Oh, Come geez. to Chicago, right? Fight each other all the time. <laughs> uh, god, I would not want to fight Hemrick in a cage match. Now, thinking thinking that through, that's a bad idea. No, you'd lose. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a oh boy, he's the worst. Um, I bet he's killed someone before. Wait, wait, what? I bet he has. <laughs> what is that? I bet he has. He's just so angry all the time. I bet he, he must have murdered somebody. I don't. No, I bet it. I bet he did. <laughs> like manslaughter, maybe. Yeah, I'm not saying he meant. Yeah, I guess murder does kind of there's a certain predetermined element to murder that maybe isn't here. Maybe like <laughs> a fit of rage one day. He has like a like a Michael Douglas falling down moment and just murders everyone in a Seven Eleven. Just goes crazy. I love Sean. Don't, don't laugh like that. He's my boy, uh, okay. Sean. I love you, uh, but I bet you murdered someone. Um, or at least, like or Kier pointed out, at least you know unintentional, maybe manslaughter. Who could like say? Like work construction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just one day you had enough of that guy, and oh, my nail gun slipped. You know, right through the chest. 
going to happen. You guys have a nail gun. You should put a nail gun in Dark's Dungeon. How's we got that? like an automated crossbow. Yeah, there you go. Close enough. Yeah. Ship it. Um, <laughs> Coming cool. soon. Cool. Well, now we are at the hour mark, and I am going oh, wow. to. I'm going to have to shut this down, Kira, because Daryl yeah. and I, we don't like talking. We don't like doing this podcast period anymore. Uh, the glamour has left. <laughs> the joy has left the process for us many, many moons ago. Uh. But because we're too cowardly to walk away, uh, the best we can do is keep it to an hour every week. So, uh, <laughs> Daryl, you have any parting words for the audience? I, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, you, you got to, I guess after your solo cast last week, you're probably all talked out, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a good episode. <laughs> thank oh, you. Thank you. He was very, he was, he was sensitive. He's like, this sucks. We're going to have to record something Friday morning. This is going to be awful. And I listened to it. I'm like, holy shit, I totally don't even need to be there. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I guess you got something. It's pretty like. good. Um, well, Kier, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you, Kier. It was super fun. It's the been highlight a, of my podcast career. It's been a blast. Uh, friend of the show, Kier. Now everyone gets to know you a little bit. Uh, go get Darkest Dungeon, uh, Steam Early Access, uh, and also get it on the Vita because that will be the definitive experience, I can tell you right now. Um, we don't know what the controls are like yet, but it will be the definitive experience. Kier, I, I did have one question for you, though. I'm not sure. I ask this of every guest we interview. Um, do you know what uh, GFB stands for in Team GFB Radio? I know it stands for something we've all been at one time, What's and that? that's God's fixing bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Love it. Uh, so for uh, hashtag Team God's Fixing Bugs Radio, uh, I'm Dave. I'm Daryl. I'm Kier. Peace. Bye-bye. Peace.